Welcome to another episode of Dying for Midnight, DFM. Be mindful of your surroundings while tuning in. There might be a fellow listener, and they're a lot closer than you think. Just remember, whoever kills Hitler goes to heaven. Oh, wait, never mind. <laughs> back dfm fam we are at episode 30 or what we like to call the draco polka otherwise <laughs> known as burial we're from the town with the cute horror pod dun 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 this episode is named draco polka <laughs> um this movie we're talking this movie burial with the trailer that might have tricked you dear listener into thinking this was a horror movie at first glance but that teaches us all a valuable lesson, including myself, that the devil is in the details, just not in the movie Burial. <laughs> We're talking, yeah, this is a Shudder World War II movie, and unless you have a Schedule One substance under the Controlled Substances Act, that stuff that the kids used to call mellow yellow, blowing into your face while watching, will never be consumed as a horror movie because Nazi werewolves, and I spell that W E. HR, regardless of them wearing a werewolf as a headdress, will never be a werewolf that we all probably wish was in this movie. <laughs> Anyways, guys, uh, we're at episode 30, two thirds of the way through our 45 episode season, and we decided to once again do what we did in episode 20 when we discussed Hitchcock's Rear Window. Not talk about horror movie. <laughs> it's got thriller elements, it's got the horrors of war. But in this episode, named the Draco Polka, we're talking the horrorless burial, quizzically provided to you by Shudder. But wait, so you could argue with this that it has the horror of war. I know. Well, here's the thing, though. That trailer... Whoever did the marketing for this film needs to have a talking to because it was a bait and switch. That was a clear bait and switch. And it's like, well, we're on shutter. So I think we better play up the werewolf element. I mean, technically we're not lying. There's werewolves in this movie. Just not the one that everybody freaking expects. <laughs> I, I just, I've got a problem with the trailer. Let's see what uh male wolf. What does Jake have for us this week? Case and carry. Wait, so Draco Malfoy is fighting against the Nazis? Hello again, my comrades in carnage. It's Jake, the Midnight Traveler, back once more to tell a traveling tale to both tempt and titillate you as you get confused as the thing you thought you were watching was actually something else, even though it said it was this thing, but it isn't this thing because it's another thing and... Yeah, that's where we are tonight, people, so do your best to stay with me because this week we take a look into 2022's Burial, 
and push the boundaries of horror adjacent to their very limits. When I got the itinerary of what films we were going to cover here for this cast of Pod, I immediately made a list of the ones I had yet to see. My homework, if you will. This film was one of them. So, heading over to my Roku and pulling up Shutter, I took this in one Saturday afternoon and, with an open mind, I let the events unfold before me. There aren't enough things that are written or filmed that talk about World War II, said absolutely no one after 1941, and most likely until the end of time. Let's face it, if you're currently, or even not so currently, breathing, you probably have seen or read some story that takes place or was directly inspired by this epic conflict. Hey, and why not? Hey, you have the first atomic weapons, the first jets, easily handheld and carryable machine guns, and the best villains on the opposing side. You know who I'm talking about. Without any doubt, the most supremely evil force this side of herpes, the Nazis, were pitch-perfect bad guys for the entire world to root against. From their sickeningly sinister deeds down to the best duds in the war, courtesy of Hugo Boss, no less, they are still thrown into any story out there when the ideas run out. Hey, can't think of a suitable antagonist for your screenplay? Nazis! Can't find a better way to talk about that guy at work who made you stay till two hours past closing? Nazis! Can't go wrong! Still, even with all the creativity out there, we can still take time to cut corners and throw in some stormtroopers, either living, dead, or undead, and have yet another swing at those sausage-eating swine in jackboots. Is that what we have here? Well, not really. This is a legit period piece set in 1945 during the chaotic aftermath of the war. We find ourselves on the noticeably Americanless Eastern Front, with a small group of Russian soldiers, one even being a woman, which is a nice change, tasked with bringing something in a box to Stalin at his personal request. Oh, and I forgot to mention that the film actually starts on Christmas in 1991. A man breaks into the home of a woman going by the name of Anna Marshall. She easily subdues him, and they exchange words. She tells him of her work as a Russian intelligence officer during the war. The skinhead who broke in believes that she has evidence that Hitler survived the war and is covering it up. Surprise! So, going into this one with even a weak imagination can assume that the thing in the box is the actual body of Austria's not-so-favorite son, Adolf Hitler. Doesn't sound like a horror movie, right? Sure, the horrors of war are hellish and gory, but wouldn't this still be more of like an historical action drama? Well... For some reason, the orders from the Kremlin state that they have to stop each night and bury the box. Hence that clever title. But Jake, does that make this kind of a horror film? What if he's a vampire now? Or a werewolf? Or both? True, there are hints and references made to werewolves. And without giving it away, 
aren't actually werewolves. Somewhere in all of this, Tom Felton shows up as a Polish freedom fighter, and there are various other tropes within the group of Russian soldiers, and eventually Nazis show up and they open the box. Is this movie bad? Not really. Is it a bit misleading? Yeah, I think so. I wonder why this got picked up by Shudder and why they kind of spoiled any chance of surprise right at the beginning of the film. Um, From what I've read into this in terms of reviews, this aspect really rubbed people the wrong way. I did really like Charlotte Vega as the leader of the Russian platoon, but other than that, the rest of the characters and the performances were nothing to really write home about. I think that there is a good story in there, but we never really got to fully see it. Hmm, kind of sounds like my time in high school. Interesting but bland is how I would look at this. Still, it's new, it's horror-adjacent, and a little bit different for us here at Dying for Midnight. I'm happy that we take chances, even at the expense of our own possible collective enjoyment. I gotta give it to you, Case and Carrie. I wasn't expecting this, but I still greatly appreciate it. If I ever do develop a Russian grave-digging kink, then I know just what movie I need to look for. See you next midnight. Jake. Jake, I think we're all in agreement on this episode. I think Carrie and I might have enjoyed this one a little bit more than you did. Um, And we'll talk about the rating later and whatnot. But hey, Carrie, let's dive right into this movie with the trailer that really uh, did a number on people, horror fans' expectations. (laughs) I mean, don't get me wrong. I love a good war movie. I do. I I enjoy. So let me bring up this point before we talk about, okay, this this movie. Um, This is, what do you think about the movie Kids vs. Aliens? I love Kids vs. Aliens. Do you think Kids vs. Aliens belongs on Shudder? No. I believe it should be like on a sci-fi channel. Honestly, because wouldn't you say even though that that's technically a spinoff from VHS 2 it's the it's the alien slumber party massacre. Yeah. Okay. Now, do you think that on VHS 2 that the alien slumber party massacre is the least horror segment in that entire movie? For sure. Okay, then. Mm -hmm. And then so that the extended version Aliens versus kids you, or kids versus aliens. It doesn't belong on there. You could argue, though. You could argue, and hear, hear me out, and this is where I'm I'm at, and this is where I think we differ in our opinions. Mm-hmm. I enjoy a good thriller-esque sure. movie. Sure, And I think thriller and horror can go together. Okay. Because so, you have Hitchcock, hello. So you could make the argument of like, okay, top... 10 horror adjacent movies of all time people would immediately say oh you know what it's not technically horror but rear window is pretty damn close it is this movie is if you're gonna say this movie is horror adjacent you're gonna have to make a really compelling argument for a debate because it is at the very very end of the list of what qualifies Horror adjacent. That's my opinion. I know we're not even big on labels, no. but I agree with the, your thriller thing. This is a thriller. 
I just would argue there's not a ton of suspense. It does not have the same amount of suspense as Rear Window. Well, that's this pretty does not hard belong. to replicate. Okay, let's let's you forget that it was. You can't compare Hitchcock yeah, and Barrow. And Barrow, you, you, can't, you can't. No, I know it's not on the same planet. But no. let's strip away Hitchcock. Let's strip away the cast. Let's just look at the story itself. Okay. Let's say you knew nothing about Rear Window. Okay. Okay. And you're just for the first time seeing two things side by side. Okay. What sounds more close to horror? Rear window or burial? You have stalker, uh, not stalker, excuse me. You have slasher elements within. You do. uh, Rear window. You do, and you have murder, mayhem. Even the werewolf soldiers within Burial, other than them using the hallucinogenic uh, dust, and there's like two or three moments where you hear like a growl because the person's hallucinating, it just doesn't work as a horror movie. Well, you can... At all. Well, okay. It's the least horror-adjacent horror-adjacent movie out there. Let me talk. No. <laughs> yes. There was a couple of scenes where they're hallucinating and they're seeing the ghost of their past. Yeah. So there is that element that you would argue the horrors that they have seen or done that they regret so, is coming back to haunt them. So that's like in the movie What Lies Beneath. Harrison Ford starts freaking out because all the women that he yes. killed, he's starting to see visions of them. Yes. Okay. That's a horror adjacent element. Boom. Yeah. I'll take that. Actually, that's actually better. That's more well done than the idea of like the werewolf soldiers, the last of the Nazi resistance in Germany and Poland. They're not, they didn't, that guy who was in the black bear suit in this movie wasn't even a big enough character or personality to warrant the whole werewolf thing. And we're going to get into what horror things we wish were in the burial later. For now, yeah. we're going to move on because we're getting off track. We can each have a reason why we should hit that xylophone. All right. We are off track. <laughs> so now, movie poster and tagline for burial. So the first one is the one that's featured everywhere you see Burial, which most of you are going to see this on the Shutter app. It features the name Charlotte Vega and Tom Felton, our Polsky freedom fighter in this movie. Um, which is misleading. It's misleading. Um, the tagline on that poster, follow orders to the grave. If you saw that um, thumbnail before you hit play trailer, you're like, oh, what's this? This is going to be a World War II horror movie. Yeah. And then you play the trailer and it's like, oh, there's werewolves in this World yeah. War II horror movie? No, there's no. not, sadly. And you you know what's so um, odd about it is that that's not for me. It's not even the best of the two posters. The second one I actually enjoy better and I think is not as much the bait and switch. Like... In the first one, she's looking down at the casket. She's like, oh my God, what's inside that casket? Again, horror, bait and switch. That's what it felt like. Um, This other one where it's got them carrying the casket across the landscape. Some secrets should stay buried. 
that is pointing directly to what happens in the movie. And it's not trying to trick you at all. Right. However, I would say, I would argue that the very end gets a little bit hor- more horror too. You're really... I'm really I'm trying actually, to... Like, yes, you're, try, you're trying to make... I, I I'm know making you, a point. You personally do not believe that there's really any horror elements, but you're making the case. Okay. Yes. All right. So you're just going to play devil's advocate yes. on this one. All right. I, I dig it. Okay. So I, I'm still going to say it's one of the least horror adjacent movies that I've ever watched. Yes, the horrors of war and yes, the hallucinating and yes, seeing the ghost of your past. Um, eh, I'll tell you what about this movie. And, and you know what? No, I'll save this for the end. I just don't. I just don't get it. I, I'm so confused as to why Shudder and this movie chose to market it and, and one for it to be on the platform. Was there somebody in a meeting that said, we need to start adding some other things other than just horror? May- and maybe, maybe th- this is a testing ground to see yeah. who else, what else can they do? What other movies can they produce? What other movies can they bring on? Here's where the, sh- the shutter rating system goes wrong. This got a four out of five skulls, but they don't tell you how many people reviewed it. Yeah. I feel like they need to have a threshold that once it reaches X number of reviews, then that average is going to go up. I, I feel like this was more of an action movie. It's a, personally, it's, it's an action thriller, you know, period piece, basically. Yeah. Um, which is fine. Maybe, maybe not period piece, but which is fine. Yeah, you can which, have that. Which poster do you like? I mean, to me, to me, the one that comes to mind is the one, the very first one. It, it comes. It's just, it spotlights her. She's the lone survivor in this movie, if you watch. I mean, it, it's sort her story. It's her story. Yeah. It is her story. Mm-hmm. So I get that. Yep. I'm going to ding you for not giving people spoiler warnings before you said I'm that. I'm sorry. Yeah, you should be. <laughs> sorry, folks. <laughs> sorry. If you, you haven't sa- seen this, you sound you sound, sound like, like ghostly zombie puppers. Toots. No, ghostly puppers says folks. Sorry, folks. Um, folks. Um, no, that's zombie toots. No. You always say y'all, folks. Huh? He does. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, neither you're not one. paying. You're not listening. Apparently, neither one of you can English very well. <laughs> can you parler bouffante? I don't need to. Nobody needs to. <laughs> Except if you're in the movie Burial. Actually, no, you still don't need it then because we're not on the Western Front. We're on yeah, the Eastern it's German. Front. Moving German. Yeah. <laughs> Moving German, yeah. It sounds like the name of an album. German, yeah. Physical media and streaming for Burial. Attention all shoppers. If you have a sweet tooth, we have a special treat for you. Wait, I am, we forgot tagline. No, we talked about the taglines on the posters. Follow orders to the oh. grave and some secret should stay buried. Keep okay. up with me here, Carrie. Okay. I am never going to pay $13 for a Blu-ray or $16 for a DVD for this one. That seems quite high. This is like 
first of all, why is this even on DVD and not just Blu-ray? I mean, okay, we've got options, I guess, but you really want to pay more to have less quality on a DVD? Fifteen dollars compared to thirty, or sixteen dollars compared to thirteen dollars. I feel like this should be like a seven-dollar movie that you purchase. I agree with you. I agree with you. It's and and the Blu-ray was like, okay, we're gonna do the DVD for six ninety-nine and the Blu-ray for nine ninety-nine. I could even get behind yeah. that, but dude, I'm not spending that kind of money for that. I mean, it's not a ton of money. At least I'm not going on here and seeing 1999. <laughs> uh, there's just nothing spectacular enough to warrant that price tag. It's just not like even I would even have a hard time paying that much for overlord well yeah and we love overlord okay we're gonna do a price check on overlord <laughs> okay what up price check mm-hmm. now you're gonna use that for price check okay aha do yourselves a favor and go buy the uh dvd of overlord is only seven dollars and 59 cents see Okay, so if you've got to have a World War II movie, spend less and get Overlord instead. That's my thoughts around that. If your purchases in the next half hour amount to $5 or more, we'll give you a bag of hard candies free. Um, moving right along to the um, creators of Burial. Um, this guy, actually, the director... Ben Parker, um, he's known for another movie that a lot of people have watched. I know from 2019, called uh, "Girl on the Third Floor," and I think you need to to check that one out, Carrie. All right. Um, that one is about uh, there's like a rundown mansion. Uh, of course, there's like family history to it, um, and, and of course, it's kind of like you know weird shit starts happening it's nothing groundbreaking to it but it's i would argue that that's his best movie so far and he's had he's had a shirt a shirt he's not sure i should hope so he has a shirt <laughs> keep he's your not shirt gonna get on. Any, any service keep your shirt on uh mr parker but uh no then there's a couple other movies like um shifter um there's this woman trapped inside a building uh, is she a shapeshifter? She's kind of this bait or hostage. Um, yeah, there's there's a certain skill set that this woman has. But um, the other movie that I want to talk about by him is uh, The Chamber. Um, now, that one is kind of like I can see where he started getting the ideas or maybe he already had an idea. Um, for a, another war movie because this one is like a special ops movie is trapped inside of like a claustrophobic sub or a craft excuse me off the coast of North Korea okay. um, it's it's fairly entertaining it's kind of like a mindless kind of shut in suffocation isolation sort of movie um, other than that I mean the guy's definitely new okay the cast is really what I wanted to talk about. Um, if you so, let me say this: the my favorite parts of this movie 
are the bookends, the beginning and the end. Yeah. And whenever I was researching this movie, I think a lot of the people, the people, people felt the same way that that should have been the movie. The wraparound. And maybe the the actual movie that played out should have just been flashbacks. Yeah. So that's my thought on that. But Harriet Walter as Anna Marshall. Um, she was tremendous in this. Yeah. And if you guys haven't recognized her before, um, she is the one nurse in The Force Awakens who's taking care of Chewbacca. Yeah. That's where I'm like, where have I seen her before? She's, you're so brave. You're so brave. Yeah. She's kind of like treating him like a little kid. <laughs> And he likes that too. Yeah. Chewbacca likes that. Yeah. Um, but before we go on to Star Trek, Star Trek, Jesus, Star what? Wars, a little Star too Wars, much. not Star Trek. The wars. Um, You're gonna get a lot of people up in arms. Yeah, I, we we've got the um, Carl Edwards uh, character or excuse me, actor playing David Alexander. We've got our main woman who plays the older version of Harriet Walter. I guess is that's that's an assumed name since she like changed her identity after going through the gulags after the end of the film. Now you're giving away. Yeah, well, you already said the endings. I might as well just take that and run with it. So uh, Brana Broidskaya, that's a heck of a name. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm going to butcher some of these other names. We've got the uh, characters of uh, Sergei Fermenjuk, <laughs> Jeez, Hristov Merantz. Uh, Maxim Demidov as Ivan uh, Klimko. Um, or excuse me, uh, Ivan Klimko playing Maxim Davidov. No, wait. No, I had it right the first time. <laughs> damn it, damn it, Twisk is Colonel Korbinski. Um, Dan... Renton Skinner is Captain Vadim Ilyasov. I'm really butchering these names. Christo Vidding is Grigory Churikov. Nial Murphy is Dmitry Makar. Barry Ward is Mikhail Tor Olenek. Bill Milner as Yosef Goyev. Um, and the list goes on. So, like, there's NR Tarmo as the werewolf sniper. Shout out to uh, Sten Karpov as the black wolf. And then, of course, Carrie, we've got Tom Felton, who I'm really confused as to why he's not higher up on this list. I have my of, ideas. Uh, of uh, Lucas. I have my ideas. And um, Tonu Ja, who is Boarhead. <laughs> that, that one cracks me up because it's like, couldn't you give some of these people better character names? And that's part of the problem with this film and why the villains don't work all that well in this movie. I mean, the acting is great. It's just like there's doesn't feel like there's a huge threat at any given point. Well, they you, just don't stand out. Well, there is a threat against time. They have to get to a certain point to make a certain point so that they can get to. They have a timeline. <laughs> they have a timeline. What's that your they point? Have to make. It's a race against time. No, it's part not of a race it. Against yes, time. it is because the body's that? decomposing. Yeah, oh, you know what? I didn't think of that. You're right. But see, it's like you have to stretch, at least I do. It just feels like they could have taken a different route and avoided this. Like, no, you don't have to go east through where the war just happened and people are still just trying to recover or take your shit. You could have headed south and around. <laughs> that might have been an easier plan. But they would have missed their 
point, there was a train that was leaving at a certain day and time that they had to make. Oh, and this why con- this is why communism doesn't work, folks. They don't have a very good plan. <laughs> um, it's like Stalin, like, meet here at the train. Like, no, there's going to be a lot happening before that train. Uh, we probably wouldn't have a movie if they didn't put themselves in harm's way. Yeah. <laughs> this is why the Soviet Union fell, folks. Um, anyways, I'm not going to get into geopolitical stuff, I yes, promise. please don't. Uh, Carrie, who is your favorite character in this movie? Uh, Harriet Walter played Anna Marshall, the new assumed identity. She was badass. I mean, this... The very beginning of the movie where it's showing her in London and she's it's Christmas time and she's Wow, I didn't catch that at all. <laughs> that it was Christmas you time. You didn't catch the tree and the lights? Nope. Wow. Apparently. What were you doing? Apparently not. <laughs> were we watching the same movie? <laughs> Listen, wow. I maybe I wasn't all that invested into it. Maybe I was just like, I don't know, focused on her and what what year was it 92 i was focused on the newscast guy and what she was listening to okay why well, so was i focusing mi- on I that i missed the tree i'm sorry that the christmas tree was so important for you <laughs> anyways so i was looking at her and seeing and the and the christmas tree apparently <laughs> <laughs> well i was wondering oh, why nice. is it cutting to this old lady and like it's supposed to be a world war movie like What's going on here? What, what, who is this character? So that's what I was thinking. Mm-hmm. And, and then... the tree. <laughs> and the tree. Well, the tree was pretty. Oh, my God. I'm a girl. What do you expect? You better hit that xylophone. Okay. Still on point. Mm-hmm. I argue. Because you weren't paying attention. What'd you say? <laughs> oh, I'm number one. Thank you. So you were saying the scene about her letting the dog out and the dog wants to go out and then the dog gets sick because the guy's feeding the dog. The neo-Nazi. Yeah. Yeah. He's feeding the dog stuff the dog shouldn't eat. Mm-hmm. You know. But the fact that she leaves the key in, I think this lady's been preparing for this night for a while okay here's what oh you know what that's because she already knows at this point that tom felton's character you know spoiler 50 50 years later was still alive they survived this movie together he helps take care of her after she makes her way out of the gulag and it's got a picture of the two of them but it didn't wasn't clear to me like did they get married or were they just friends and they kept in touch but she had a wedding ring on oh okay well either way tom felton's character gets killed by this neo-nazi yeah off screen we don't get to see any of that yeah and he makes his way towards her so like did she maybe she started noticing something like let's say we got 10 more minutes of the film at the beginning where she was maybe walking to the market and she noticed somebody was following her and that's why. Yeah. So that I think again is a question mark for me, whether or not she left that key, but I see where you're going with that and how that could be possible that she knew, but why would she let her dog get potentially poisoned to death? I. That's the thing. If she knew about it, 
she she would wouldn't have let that dog out alone. Except for the, that's where it doesn't work for me. The dog needed to go to the bathroom. Okay. Okay, but and if, if it's a well-trained fo- dog, if somebody's following you and you know that they could potentially hurt your dog, that's where that idea falls apart for me. That's it. That's that's my reasoning. Except for she was drawing the shithead in. And sacrifice of her own dog. Well, the dog survived. Yeah, luckily. Luckily, I know. Okay. Trust me. All right, so that's why I don't agree with that. The end. <laughs> would you would you sacrifice Pumpkin to make sure you got somebody? No. Okay, then. But do well. I think Pumpkin would sacrifice herself to save me? Okay. Yes. Way to dance around my point. Great for Pumpkin. Good Pumpkin choice, but you still wouldn't sacrifice her. I wouldn't, but she probably would. You're missing my point. Do we need to have throw down over this stupid damn key left in the door? Why else would she leave the key and unlocked? Why would she let her dog go outside if she knew somebody was coming for her? Let me tell you right now. She probably knew the minute the dog came in sick. She knew that the dog had been poisoned. Okay. I'm going to say that. All right. Yep. Let your dog get poisoned so you can get to that neo-Nazi. Or you could just... Let the dog be saved and still get the neo-Nazi. <laughs> Anyways. He's on her turf. So, are we... Can I talk about my favorite character yes. now? It's Tom Felton as Lukas. Uh, Polish freedom fighter, caught in the middle. I enjoyed his performance a lot. Was it monetary reasons why they didn't feature him more? There was little side Nazi werewolf fighters that had more screen time than him. And that kind of agitated me. I... It could have been maybe his schedule, too. Maybe he was doing other things, too, and he could only agree to do certain scenes. That mm. could have been part of it. Okay. Well, meh. It needed more Tom Felden. I agree with you. We needed more Polish polka. So, I agree. favorite death and effects. Carrie, how about you? I liked it when the older guy who was hiding them, he came to help, and the black wolf guy locked them all in the church and it looked like a barn. He was going to burn them all down. And and that guy, when you see them, spoiler alert. <laughs> too way too late for that, Terry. <laughs> when the Nazi werewolves are trying to discredit the remains from being Hitler and just saying that Hitler still is alive and this is not Hitler. When he sees that it really is Hitler, you see him starting to back out like, I'm done. I'm out of here. You know, screw this. I I thought the moment that the, what is the character's name? The, the, the one that wanted to basically say that this wasn't actually Hitler's body. Yeah. I thought he was kind of like, I thought the whole point was just kill as many Soviets as we possibly could and not try to start shit up again that's why i thought he left no i think he left because he he looked at the other guy who was questioning the captain as to like it is hitler but why are we doing this because it is hitler yeah like why like why do we why can't we just bury him well and maybe just quit yeah just like, like let's, let's be done live with this. let's live yeah uh well but here's the other thing that that black wolf headdress guy <laughs> the choice that he make well why doesn't he just get out of there like just leave don't try to kill everybody just get out if you're gonna get out just go because maybe he wants to surrender like 
his own terms and so anyways. survival. Anyway, so the old man that shows up, he blasts him and he goes up in flames with the church. Yeah. Just so he's had trying to, leave, to kill dude. everybody. You just had to leave black bear guy or black bear. <laughs> black wolf. Cocaine werewolf officer. Which I enjoy cocaine bear very much. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I don't know. The more I think about this movie, the more it kind of agitates me. Uh, some of the characters, the choices that they made throughout this film. So my favorite death. And again, this is the best part of the movie is the beginning and the end. To, for me, the neo-Nazi at the end. I love the way that our um, older main character, played by uh, Harriet Walter, I just love the way that she's taunting him. And uh, yeah, since we already spoiled for it, I, for everybody, I can go into it a little bit more. Um, the fact that she uses the dust, the hallucinogenic dust to get him, and that she mixes more with water and purposely makes him OD on him. it. Yeah. And then she shows him the skull of Hitler. In yeah, the, at in the, the very box. last I mean, The viewer moment. doesn't get to see it, but it's almost like... It's almost like that moment in Pulp Fiction when he opens the briefcase and like the gold glowing thing happens. Like, what's in that thing? The neo-Nazi's like, that's like the last thing he sees. Yeah. And she's like, yeah. You got you, what you came you for. You got what you came for. You got to see the box. And basically like, now you get to die. Yeah. <laughs> that was my favorite one. You don't get too many hallucinogenic poison deaths. And it wasn't a horror movie. If this would have had actual supernatural horror elements it would have bumped it up a notch it would have yeah and i think this is a good segue into our little bonus segment for 2022's burial quizzically i say again brought to you by shutter um horror elements that we wish were in burial um i'm gonna just say right off the bat that i wish that this movie would have eliminated three or four characters made it more empty I can't even talk. See, now you can't. English. I need more caffeine right now, folks. Um, made it more intimate. Have her and a couple of other Soviet soldiers have the werewolf fighters, maybe have one or two additional guys, then Tom Felton's. But the fact that at the end that we're looking at seven, eight, nine characters inside the church, it's like, this is too much going on, too many people. And that's why none of them really shined. You got, even with her, you didn't get that many moments. It was like, oh no, we've got 10 different characters that we need to deal with. So each one gets three minutes here, three minutes there. And it was just too much jumping around. So scale down the cast, make it more intimate. Maybe make Burial in an alternate universe, um, them, the smaller group, running a gauntlet. And maybe you could have had different characters that were tied to a location where as they're going, making their way east to Russia, they have to go through a gauntlet of supernatural occult elements along the way, whether it be leftover Nazi occultists, actual Nazi werewolves somewhere along the way. Um, maybe a black talking about Walpurgis, not maybe there's like a black magic witch who wants to use Hitler's body for her own black magic. Um, and then you could have had kind of like the haunting, the ghosts, you know, maybe, maybe Hitler did something that gave him occult powers and there's still some of those powers left over in his body. And that's, what's drawing evil near him. 
You know, maybe he did discover something right before his death. Maybe the real reason in this movie that Hitler shot himself in the head was that if he released himself from his mortal body, that was going to unleash other evil. And that was his main goal. He wasn't a coward. Okay, and maybe Stalin found this out. Don't let people grab hold of his body or we're going to have to deal with something worse than what we just went through. Yeah. Thoughts? Yeah, that's not, yeah. But I'm going to actually go with... One part gauntlet, one part shut-in movie. That's it. That's all I have left to say of horror elements I wish were in burial that were not. The end. (laughs) You like doing this? What are we talking about? (laughs) Talking over me. Oh, I'm sorry. So sorry. (laughs) I'm going to actually go kind of along the same lines as you in a way, but not. I actually wish... There was one actual werewolf to this. Okay. Who was hunting both groups. Is the does the werewolf have a motive around Hitler's body or is it just they stumble upon an area where there's a werewolf? They like just, they stumble upon the Polish version of East Proctor. Yeah. Okay, that works. Yeah. I like it. Uh, yeah, I mean or an occult where the werewolf group is trying to bring back Hitler and they must stop them from doing it. Yeah. Like okay. that would have worked as well too. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, you know, basically some kind of immortality, immortality army, army of, of the dead. dead. Yeah. yeah. That would have worked. Yeah. I think it's easy to, to say how this movie could have been better for horror fans. It's not a terrible movie. It's got its entertaining elements so that brings us to our uh, rating, Carrie. What are you rating, Burial? Uh, the non-horror, horror adjacent. I'm giving this a three out of five. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I enjoyed this movie. It was a solid movie. Yeah. I might have given Flawed. it a three and a half if it had some more horror elements, I, personally. I, I agree with that line of thinking. I feel the same way. I'm giving it a three out of five. Um, that gives us, yeah, three out of five flamethrowers. Very good performances across the board. Again, to my earlier point, they needed three or four less people to have to deal with in this movie. Um, And I would have given it a three and a half if that would have all happened and if they would have used Tom Felton a hell of a lot more. I just, it's like you're this small movie and you've got Tom Felton and he's not in it all that much. Um, Yet he's like, not really even a side even character. His, even, yeah. I. He He's more like... I mean, he's supporting. He's supporting, he's supporting character. but he's a small He's not supporting. number two. Yeah, he's not number two. No. That that guy who has nine lives, the one Soviet yes. guy who got gets stabbed multiple times, Three times shot. before he gets... And he's still surviving after <coughs> he me. gets mowed down, which I don't know how that would happen. Yeah. But he ends up taking Hitler's body and saving it and burning with it so that the Nazi guy doesn't get it. And he burns the film that the Nazi guy was creating to say that it wasn't Hitler. (laughs) So guys, that about does it for us for burial, um, in segment one here. Um, what's up next for DFM the rest of the season? We've only got a third of the season left, Carrie. Now that we're in, uh, firmly into September here episode. How did we even get to September? I know. See you in September. Episode 31, Double Date. I can't wait to talk about that one. 
we're we're doing some smaller indie gems here now. We, we've we're going past the non-horror firmly into horror indie gems. Uh, episode thirty-two. We, we summon, summon the, the dark. darkness. Okay, you were gonna say it apparently. Yes, okay. I thought we were going. You know, alternate. No, but okay. we can. Would you like to talk about the next one? Kara? Oh yes, episode thirty-three. Daybreaker. <coughs> I love daybreakers. Okay, you can Sorry. just read the rest of them. No, you go. Uh, am I allowed? <laughs> Maybe if I say you can. <laughs> October Halloween twenty five a three sixty six. Fuck you. Episode thirty four. Oh, that's it. The subtitle is "Fuck you." <laughs> Welcome to Halloween twenty five a three sixty six. Fuck you. Episode thirty four. We are talking Friday the thirteenth, the original from nineteen eighty. Episode thirty five. Yeah. I'm tying down Jake and Carrie and forcing them to talk three movies in one episode. Fully extended episode. We're talking the 1984 Crystal Lake Massacre of Part 2, 3D, and Final Chapter. And yes, I know it's not called Part 4. Episode 36, John Carpenter's Prince of Darkness. Episode 37, another full episode with Jake the Midnight Traveler discussing one of his, well, probably his favorite zombie film. At least one of them. Return of the Living Dead. Now, what else do we have going on the rest of this year? November through December, folks, encompasses our holiday season here at DFM. We don't have an official name this year for the holidays, but yeah, this is going to take us through November, December. Carrie, what do we got on the list here? Episode 38, Grindhouse. We actually saw that one in theater. <laughs> we got a neat little we, we do have tiny, a neat little story. tiny story. Yeah, yeah. tied to leaving the theater at the end of that <laughs> one episode 39 the last horror film which is a trauma film with joe spinell episode, and caroline monroe episode 40 the town that dreaded sundown that's a great kind of like docu horror drama movie police procedural love that one episode 41 dawn of the dead or what we like to call our black friday special carrie what about december Episode 42, Gremlins. Mm-hmm. What else? We have episode 43, Black Christmas. The original. And then episode 44, Dead End. That one's going to be interesting. Episode 45, to close out the season. This is a recent Hammer film. Okay, and we're going to talk about what's going on with Hammer, what's not going on with Hammer. Uh, the Lodge, to end season one. Okay, guys. Love you. See you for segment two. We're going to have a little mini bonus episode. We're talking one of our more recent favorite World War II films that actually is a horror film, Overlord. And we're going to discuss our top 10 war and horror movies. Love you guys. See you soon. Gosh, Burger Chef, it's Wolfburger the Werewolf. Where can I get delicious burgers? Where can I get fun, fun food? Where, oh, where? At, At Burger, Burger Chef. Chef. Where? And now at participating Burger Chefs, you can buy fun meals that now come on Halloween magic meal trays. There's a magic trick in each fun meal. <laughs> there are ten different magic meal tricks you can collect. Burger Chef, you're incredible! <laughs> Here, I'm ready! They are the children of the corn. They must obey he who walks among the rows. They live in a world where adults are not allowed to live. Children of the Corn. Ah! 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 Ah!
a new kind of nightmare, an adult nightmare. Stephen King's Children of the Corn, rated R. Coming Friday, check local newspapers for theaters and showtimes. Oh, I do enjoy an evening with a little light entertainment. But when your video heads get dirty, you lose your picture. Not a pretty sight. Happily, this new Polaroid video cassette will help you. It actually cleans your heads as it plays, so dirty heads needn't haunt you. New Polaroid video cassettes. Get the picture? Okay, guys. We are back. And, Carrie, we are going to start off segment two talking about Overlord. Okay, directed by Julius Avery, written by Billy Ray and Mark Smith, starring Yovan Adepo, Wyatt Russell, who really does a great job. Oh, and he, like looks at the, the he, spitting image of his dad. Yeah. It's uncanny. He how mimics much, his dad. Yeah. I his. mean, he brings his own little flavor to it, but my God. I was like, when I watch Overlord in this movie as a... Uh, corporal lewis ford i'm like this could have been made in 1981 and i would have like this is kurt i'm watching kurt russell on this thing yeah um i know a lot of people were like kind of hot and cold on overlord it kind of people were like yeah it's okay but um i don't know if you remember this carrie but this is actually overlord is one of my more i mean i i'm very fortunate when we celebrate birthdays that we do a good job of turning it into like a two-week extravaganza sometimes even a month (laughs) sometimes even a month but uh i that was uh five years ago already almost wow okay and i turned that was my 35th birthday i remember we went um that weekend we went to aldis brewery and i had a good time with my parents and my sister and her husband and um yeah, the kid. The, yeah, the kids were there, and they they took the kids for the weekend. They did. You, um, I rem- I remember it being fairly chilly. It was a very, very chilly, <laughs> very chilly. Ooh, come eat this magical chili. Now, um, I remember we went to go see Overlord in theater. Yeah, we uh, what had sushi before we went. We, we did. went to the Blue, Blue Koi. Koi. Yeah, um, that was a great birthday weekend. Uh, that was one of my more favorite memories, and it was like we went to go see Overlord. Not the trailer kicks so much ass. You're like, okay, this is D Day dropping in over France, and even in the trailer, the guy's like, "Welcome to France," and you're like starting to see these freaky undead elements in this trailer. I'm like, that's the World War II zombie movie in a or tiny whatever village. I've been for. Yeah, in a tiny village in France, it's got everything you could ask for. Um, I know freaky experiment. This one was overseen by J.J. Uh, Abrams and Bad Robot. Well, yeah, you had me at J.J. Abrams. I love J.J. Abrams. Yeah, so it's like right away it already had a nice budget. Um, I mean, it's got like a good B-movie feel. And I know a lot of people said it um, and it ended up being boring for them. I didn't get I the didn't boring get factor at all. Like, is this just like turning into an intention span issue? I think I, th- I think we are one of the last generations to actually have an attention span. Well, I don't know, because it, I guess it just depends from person to person. But anyways, no, I mean, this. But think about our kids. This their attention movie, span. this movie, in my opinion, it's kind of like the same feeling of like the the last voyage of the Demeter. It's got really good production values. It's got a really great cast. Um 
but the marketing didn't do it any favors. It's kind of like, it's almost kind of so niche that right out of the gate, it's almost like maybe they should have just done the whole film festival streaming yeah. thing versus doing a the- a wide theater release. Like if they would have like, it's almost like they probably could have done this movie on a smaller budget is how I see it. It looks great. The acting's great. You and I love it. Yeah. But there's reasons why it didn't do well. In it the wasn't talked about a lot. No, not when at it all. came out, it really wasn't. And we were watching the trailer for it, and we were like, "Oh, why isn't anybody talking about this?" I was like, oh, "I'm dropping my cap." Um, no, and I actually, I actually think it would have done better if they would have spent more time marketing it. But you do have to be. First of all, there's the horror audience. And so you're saying, well, yeah, it's horror, but there's a war element. And then you're saying to the mainstream audience, like, yeah, it's World War II, but there's a horror element. So it's kind of like it is a hybrid movie. It's one of those that could grab people from different. But it just, it's almost like it should have either with the marketing, like, oh, it's got... You know, I hate to say this, but it's got Kurt Russell's kid in it. Holy shit, he really looks like Kurt Russell. I hate saying that. And that's not a knock on Wyatt Russell, but he's one of the best parts of this movie, and the marketing doesn't even really feature him all that well, much. Honestly. He's not the main character he's because not we've, the got, main character. we've got we've got the private first class Edward Boyce is yeah. our main character in here. Um but and, and he's great in it too. He is fantastic in it. You and know you who have, else is awesome? You have the tension with him. And the French villager. Uh, Chloe Laurent. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, played by uh, Matilda that, Olivier. That dynamic in this movie is yeah. fantastic. Well, you know who's an awesome villain is this as uh, Captain Waffner is uh, Palou Asbeck. And you all would know him as um, uh, the sea captain on Game of Thrones. Yeah. He was really excellent he in was. this. He was. He ta- I loved any moment that he had with either um, our private first class or corporal, um, he was extremely sinister in this and maniacal. And I, yeah. I just, the, there's so many reasons why I love this movie. It's almost like you could say like, I, cause I remember when we first watched him like, Oh, this kind of reminds me of the thing a little bit. Like yeah. there's this otherworldly force, this element, <laughs> this element that everybody is fighting against or trying to harness or bring back and if this gets let loose on the general population we're all going to be fucked but overlord i i just love it it's got hits all those b-movie notes with still really good it's just entertaining it's a fun horror movie yeah it's mindless it's a popcorn flick i i love overlord Uh, i do too i love it a lot like if you had to say like what's your one of your favorite kind of undead movie um, it ranks up there for me over the past five or ten years. And the special effects were, were quite awesome. Yeah, I mean, I know they 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 had some prosthetics. There was some CGI stuff. They used a shit ton of explosions in this yeah. movie, of course. Um, you want to talk about horrors of war. How about them just getting to landing from the plane after, you know, 
it's D-Day behind enemy lines. I mean, it's like go time. And it's like, we just got to try to get to the ground without getting shot to shit. Yeah. Uh, And then he lands. It's like, okay, I made it. But he doesn't know what he's about to get himself into with this small French village and the the church that's got something going on. And there's been experimentations (laughs) going on. Oh, my God. So... I guess that's my only problem with Overlord is that when they do to make it to the underground kind of like testing area for this red fluid stuff that makes people go berserk. Um, oh, even... They didn't spend a ton of time in that place and they well, could have gone like the isolation route like from room to room and then it would have been even more horror-esque. Except for I disagree because <coughs> if you spend too much time you could pick it apart. Because here you you think they're trying to they're like what the fuck is this place like what is going on here and if you're in that instance and you don't know who or what is there you would you would not be idling just standing there and searching you'd be like let's get the fuck out of here let's find our way out hmm. wouldn't you yeah any right. if you think about it yeah. In I mean, theory. it's just I'm. I keep going back to the thing because they spend all their time like shut in, you know. Well, with... they're forced because of the storm. Yeah, that's a forced shut in. This is one where you want to escape. It's more like an escape room type esque feeling. That, you know what? That's a really good way of looking at it because they they've got to escape the plane, then they've got to escape the little village. And they got to escape the house, and then they got to got to move on. And they got to escape this testing area. Yeah, that's a good point. It is like an escape room movie. Wow, I didn't think of it like that before. Damn, Carrie. Okay, mm. you're on it. So let's talk a little bit about the um, the poster on this. That was part of why what drew me in was not even just the trailer. I mean, the trailer really. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm up for this. But I love the parachutes, the bloody parachutes that are coming down. Yeah. And the Overlord poster looks like something that it was like one of the 70s uh, World War II movies. It looks like a 70s poster. Yeah. It looks like... um, It's a throwback. It's a throwback poster. It's got the explosion. It's got all your characters kind of around the title. It reminds me of title uh, movie posters like... um, Kelly's Heroes or uh, The Eagle Has Landed. Yeah. Um, I'm going to have to go back and see if the 70s had any World War II horror movies. I'm sure there has to be. But um, it's just a beautifully shot movie. And it's perfect. It just hits all the notes for me and is why I love it. Very character-driven development, (coughs) in my opinion. You actually get to know the characters. Go on. Uh, Especially... Especially uh, Corporal and uh, and Edward Private Edward Boyce. I mean, Ford and Boyce and the villager Laurent Chloe Laurent. Those three you get to know the most. You have that dynamic where they're arguing, they're trying to save each other. They have to work together to save each other. Yeah. Well, I think to your point, they put that they put all those characters on the poster, so that that makes sense to me. Taglines for this movie, there's really just one stop the unstoppable and look, you're not watching this movie because of the tagline. It's not they don't even really feature it on the poster. It's the tagline in this movie is kind of an afterthought. Now, who's your favorite character carrying Overlord? Um 
That's really hard. Like, I love all three of those characters, personally. They each bring something different. Which ones? Uh, Private Edward Boyce, the Ford, Corporal Ford, and Chloe Laurent. I really think, yeah. Um, I mean, but Captain Waffner actually might even be a bigger character than Chloe Laurent. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. he's the main villain, basically. He is the main villain, but yeah. Even even uh, John Magaro um, as uh, Private First Class Lyle Tibbet, he's got like a lot of the um, the kind of sass and smartassness in this movie as a side character. Yeah. Um. I actually wish that they would have featured him a little bit more, but uh, I'm, I mean, I'm just, maybe this is typical of me. I'm going to have to go with Corporal Ford as my favorite character. I I just, I I grew up with Kurt Russell as did you. And it's like, it it was just uncanny for me. This movie could have been made in in the early eighties with his dad and just do the same look and you wouldn't even be able to tell. It's just, it, it was like so nostalgic watching Wyatt Russell, and I'm like, this fucking, this is, is this like he's echoing his dad in this role, which is why it works for me. Um, <clears throat> he has to do the unthinkable in the end. Yeah, and speaking of speaking of deaths, I think my favorite death in this movie actually isn't even any of the main characters. Um, it's the one where the the guy takes he's got the red vial and you see it in the trailer goes up his veins and then things start popping out of his neck and like the spines cracking open and everything like just getting he's getting twisted every which way and they finally you know end up having to kill him off that's probably my favorite death just because of they marketed the movie off of those kind of body movements as the the uh serum or whatever it is is coursing its way through his veins um, that's my favorite death. What about you? I mean, I, I, when they walk into the lab and they see the lab and they see the experiments. Oh, the persons and the people inside the bags. Yeah. Like the half bodies and stuff. And even the one is just a head. Ooh, yeah. Ooh, yeah. That's right. I forgot yeah, about that. Yeah. That, that's kind of like my, my That's favorite. your favorite effect? Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty freaking cool. Yeah. Any particular favorite death? Um... Not that comes. I I guess the the Captain Waffner. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. We have both him and Ford fight each other to the death. To the basically, death. at it's the end. A, yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's not actually in terms of characters, there's not a ton of death. Like a ton of like Nazis get killed, and the freaks inside the Nazi freaks, yeah. experimental freaks in the basement get killed off as they're trying to survive and make their way through. Um. And and oh, by the way. Uh, here's something interesting. Do you remember whenever they go inside Chloe's, um, like house mm-hmm. and that she's got the sick aunt? Yes. That's okay. been experimented hey, on. That's played by Meg Foster. Oh. Okay. Remember you and I talked about watching the wind? Yeah. That's her. Wow. You know, the, the, uh, the adulterer, uh, from, uh, Hellraiser. Mm. That woman, Meg Foster. Yeah. So she actually, it's. It's kind of cool. We're talking about all these people, but the movie didn't even say like, "Hey, we've got Meg Foster, guys. She's in a yeah. cool little, little zombie-esque de- undead role." Yeah. But unless you dove into this movie and researched it, you wouldn't even know that Meg Foster was in this movie. Mm. Um, so I just wanted to add that little note because I think in terms of horror fans and learning more about 
Overlord. You you want to note that Meg Foster's in it. It's a it's a blink and you'll miss sort of deal, and she's not important to the plot, but it's a neat little role for her. Um, well, she is part of how they acknowledge the experiments that go on, that people that get disappear and then come back. Yeah. What do you rate, Overlord? Oh, I actually think. I mean, we we watch this movie probably more three or four times, yeah. probably at least. Tw- I know it for sure at least twice. I I, I guess I have to give it a four. Wow, a I four. really I really like this movie. Wow. Okay. No, I I was gonna give it a three and a half. So we're at three point seven five out of five. Very appropriate flamethrowers <laughs> for a World War II movie, right? Yeah. Okay. All right, guys. That does it for our little bonus review of uh, Overlord. We're going to move right along to our top 10 war and horror films. Carrie, kick us off with number 10. Number 10, Pearl. Directed by T. West, starring Mia Goth. And yes, that's not the main focus of the movie. But it's but part her- of the focus. Her gallivanting around town waiting for her husband to come back home for World War One is a huge thread throughout this entire oh, movie. Oh, yes, it is. Okay, number and nine. And how she's, she's, she misses her husband in more ways than one. <laughs> hey, let me check out this movie projectionist guy. Seems like he could be my ticket out of here. <laughs> Wrong. Don't you dare ever leave me for a movie projectionist. <laughs> number. You nine. don't have to worry about number that. Number nine. Are you going to make a list of people I should be worried about? (laughs) Number nine, Abraham Lincoln, Vampire Hunter. Yeah, that's about the Civil War, obviously. I I know you're not a fan of that I'm not a fan of this. You know what you... what? This is one of the many times where the book is actually way better than the movie. The book is a lot of fun. If you are into like World War Z or or, Zombie Survivor Guide, whatever that book was, um, by Max Brooks, it's along those lines. It's it's pulpy, pulpy horror pop crap and and it works for me i wanted the movie to work for me it just didn't yeah now here's one that worked for us and the entire family number eight army of the dead and yeah you know we're cheating the plot's cold movie's fun you know there's an army controlled by king and queen of zombies that take command and there's a white tiger zombie not to mention it's not zombie just any baby. Yeah, it's not just any white tiger though. Like, which is really interesting. The yeah. zombie baby thing that they're actually able to reproduce a mm-hmm. baby. Yeah, that, that's that's something that doesn't get talked this about. All, this all counts because it's literally an army of the dead controlled army. Yeah, with a purpose. Um, number seven, blood vessel, which is a great vampire on a boat. Uh, World We're War on II a boat. Movie. <laughs> You're going to get Lonely Island on me. (laughs) Number six. And this is cheating a little bit. We got a couple more that are cheating a little bit because they're not full movies. Creep Show on Shudder. Season one, episode two, Bad Wolf Down. Okay. Um, I like that one. That's an actual World War II one with actual werewolves. And I'm going to cheat this next one because it's technically after the war. Set, but it it's, it's yeah but that's the whole theme yeah. and and backdrop is yeah. what happened, happened during the war, the war. Yeah. yeah and as a result and this again we watch us on shutter brooklyn 45 yes now and they it, did that they picked that one out right and that that one is uh starring larry fezzedin who is really racked up a nice little career in war and you have the actual occult and funding horror who and, and he he was in that you just brought up um ethan embry carrie yeah 
Remember Larry Fezzen was in that late phases werewolf movie with Ethan Embry. Yeah, that was really good. Okay. Yeah, Brooklyn 45. It sneaks up on you. It was good. It was that, I mean, that's the definition of a shut-in movie. Yeah. Um, number four, we're cheating again. Heavy metal segment, B-17. And I know you said earlier that you don't remember this I one at don't. all. Yeah, they're in, they're in the plane and, you know, there's the green glowing orb and shit happens and they become like skeletal zombies and attack the crew and they go down and they die, basically. But it, the animation in it is amazing. I don't remember this at all. Trust me, it's awesome. Was I sick? No. You've seen it. You just don't recall. <laughs> Carrie, you don't really know the next one, but the next one is Death Watch, which is actually a World War One horror trench movie. You can do the final two, Carrie. Okay. I'll allow it. <laughs> You'll allow it? Ooh, I feel so special. Yes. Especially since number two, I'm a big fan of this. Hellboy, the 2004 one. That's a great movie. It's a great entertaining, That's entertaining. movie. That's a good B you know, in the in the days of um, Marvel and all that stuff, I don't even know Marvel's kind of coming to a head here. But yeah. uh, no, Hellboy, that's like an offbeat horror. Yeah. A little offbeat superhero movie. Yeah. Offbeat. Yeah. Yeah. The anti-hero. Mm-hmm. No, I basically. like that. That's a good pick. Yeah. And I, I really love those movies. I, they're like, I know I enjoy them more than you yeah. for whatever reason. I don't know. But if it was like, speaking of birthdays, if it was your birthday, like, I really want to watch Hellboy. I'm like, okay, I can sit here and enjoy this and turn my brain off. That's another popcorn movie. And of course, at number one. Overlord. Yeah. Which we just discussed. That That's probably, yeah, that's my favorite one of the past five or ten years in terms of war and horror. Um, honorable mention to The Keep, which has Ian McKellen in it. But it's a fun idea. It's a bit of a mess. Um, as well as... <laughs> want to talk about nazis and nazi zombies um zombie lake uh is one that you need to watch and Shockwaves, and that one is really both of those are like the nazis are undead and they can walk out of the water sort of movie and of course we did an episode earlier this season with um george kennedy yeah uh and um his name is escaping me right now richard krenna yeah death ship so that yeah. is very Nazi-esque <laughs> after the fact. Yes. I'm still laughing at the woman in the blood shower and her screaming and everything. That was cheesy, but fun. Well, That's a good one. Like, That's a Canadian tax shelter yeah. movie. So anyways, guys, that does it. Carrie, any other thoughts for horror, etc.? I don't think so. Just thanks for listening. Yeah. Join us next week. We will circle, actually circle back to horror for this horror pod and talk the uh, really UK horror gem, deadly, two deadly women in double date. But here's the thing. You can God. still argue, and I'm still going with this. You can still argue. Hit that, hit that xylophone, <laughs> no. motherfucker. <laughs> no. You can still argue that this has certain elements that you could consider with the ghostly apparitions in their own heads <laughs> with the hallucinogen i'm going with that okay i'm ending it on that uh-huh horror adjacent mm-hmm. we'll see about that don't you hit that <laughs> just for you god damn it love you guys bye peace <laughs>